welcome to where the furniture isn't always the best, but them views, they are amazing. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I'm the moderator, B. Jones, in the building. We got DJ coming to us live from the yard. What's going on, sir? Oh, good, man. Trying to get some sunlight. And these rainy days have been for the past four or five days, man. I just got message. Heard it's bad down there tonight. It's, it's, we had flash flood warnings out till after midnight tonight, but all weekend uh, the lake out back is rising. It ain't threatening the flood right now, but there's a lot of water out there, man. <laughs> yeah, y'all got your sandbags ready? Nah, we ain't gonna, it ain't gonna get that serious. Oh. Not in my house, at least. There it is. Sunny side up, fresh. What's happening, man, with the beach and the waves and the palm trees? You know, um, after that versus this weekend, I wanted to feel like I was in Jamaica. Um, you know, I'm a number one Jafakian, uh proud representative. Right with you, brother. Um, Bumba clit. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, we here. Another day in quarantine, another week in quarantine. Uh, you know, everybody breaking out in ways and stuff. But, you know, I'm still masked up. Masked on like uh, future was sake. Yeah, man, we're going to get into a little bit of both of those in a second. But first, we got to go down to Wakanda and unapologetically me. My man, Coach K, what's happening? Nothing, man. I had to go someplace where it was safe. It's not <laughs> safe to go outside right now. So it's hard in these streets, man, for us. us in man. many, in many ways, that statement is true, brother. Many ways. <laughs> exactly. Yep. We're gonna touch on it. We're gonna touch on it. So getting into this corona stuff, man. Uh, like you said, Fresh, people are out and about. Um, I feel like I can't get off the road, uh, so to speak, because I just got back uh, from a week-long trip in Florida. I drove down to get Kellen for the summer. Uh, spent a little more time down there than expected, but it was uh, it was really good. I think we took really good advantage of what might be left of the stay-at-home situation for us in Maryland. I got to get a little, you know, work from home, but still get down there, see my mom, and really help out a lot, man. Uh, did a lot of home improvement stuff, stuff that I, me and my brother have never done before. He He's done once. We got to change wax rings on a toilet and just a whole bunch of other, uh, like, cleanup stuff. Um, and it was really, really, I don't know, beautiful to, to say because we, act, like, me and my brother, like, did something together that was so massive. You know what I'm saying? Like, it almost brought my mom to Every time I go down there to get Kellen or something, man, it's uh it's bit a, a bit of a daunting task when you go on room to room, but you know, you come back and it's still in the kind of a similar situation or condition than it was uh previously. So for us to get in there and just tackle the whole house, get a lot of that clutter and old stuff that's just taking up space mm -hmm. uh, for the old girl so she can have space to move around in, you know, feel like the house is in a, a bit better condition and just helping her giving her condition and my grandmother and you know the support that they need. Uh, it was really good, man. And that 16 hours on the road, it seemed like it kind of flew by, man, and spending that quality time with the fam. So just taking advantage of what this whole quarantine situation is uh, presenting in front of us. We talk about it each and every week. So that's just, you know, a little take from my end. So, I tell you what, man. I tell you what. Um, two days in a row now, I've I've posted on my IG asking people, you know, First day was what's non-negotiable coming out of quarantine. Um, today I asked them uh, what things uh, will you either stop or start coming out of quarantine or do you want to keep coming out of quarantine? And I got very few responses, man, which is interesting. 
I don't think people have really grasped the situation and just the moment. And I think people are still thinking that things are just going to be business as usual as things are opening back up. And that's not the case at all. It could be for some people. Um, it's all in how you look at these, this thing, man, perspective. It won't be for me. I don't think it will be for any one of us because of the space and opportunity that we've been provided and how we look at this situation. Again, not taking away from the tragedy you know, that exists around it, but just trying to stay in the light and the positivity. Um, you know, the, there's no way I can go back to living the way I was, you know, on a daily basis. You know, I've been able to create systems. I've been able to see what efficiency really looks like, you know, and getting to the point where now I'm consistent, you know, or semi-consistent with stuff, you know, it's, there's no excuse. I don't, I don't really feel like there's any excuse outside of just for me taking on a lot of, you know, responsibility just because of how life is. But you know, we were just talking earlier today, Kay, about the medita- meditative space and right. making that a big part of my routine. And, you know, today was one of those days where it was like, all right, I got up. I'm going to start getting up a little bit earlier so I have that extra hour. But got up, got my meditation in, you know, was able to get the kids and everything situated. And it just it starts the day off in a whole different, you know, uh, fashion. So keeping things like that in play, um, you know, getting my exercises in yesterday you know, and making sure that system is in place. Like, these are all things that, you know, we've, I've wanted to do, been asking for the space and opportunity to do, and it's finally been presented to me. Why not take advantage of it and then keep it going because you can do it. It's just a choice. One of the conversations I was having last week fall right in line with this. And I don't remember if we had it together at one point in time and all, but the basic same premise. When this is all said and done and everybody's rushing to get back to normal, I think people forgot normal wasn't working for a lot of folks. That's facts. What what was normal? What was normal wasn't working. What you want to get back to is nobody, quote unquote, confining you or keeping you in in one place, not let telling you you can go somewhere and do something. But to get back to your normal, your job, your your um, other other things you were. Yeah, done. You talked about building systems right there, and I know we talked a little bit about school with you, with Nia, and some of the some observations you made. So I'm, I'm, I was happy to hear that because this should have painted opportunity. And K, the lack of responses right there. I think people aren't thinking on that level, and I, I don't know why we're not getting there. Because no matter if you took this time to mentally get back together, if you took this time to start a business, if you took this time to to look for jobs or whatever the case may be, something different has to be at the end of this tunnel. If it's not, then I, I really do feel like it was almost like a wasted time, wasted energy. Um, and I, I get the thing that people are, are, are coping with it different, I get it. But even if you're coping with it, if it's a hard way, it's, it's um, um, anxiety, there's other things going on, there should be something different that you wanna see at the end of all this or something you're gonna do or commit to do to make sure you don't fall back in that space again. Because there's nothing that's saying that a second wave or a, another situation like this could happen in two months, in two years, in 20 years down the line. Then we're gonna be in the same cyclical motion again. But to get back to normal, if your normal wasn't working, yeah, you need to really sit down and have a heart to heart conversation with yourself. Well, I think it's just like we spoke about previously where 
it's uh, that time to exhale. A lot of people have always wanted, just like Brett was bringing it up, wanted that time to, man, if I had more time, I'd do X, Y, Z. I'd finally go ahead and start this. I'd finally go ahead and do that. And the real opportunist took this time to, to say, wow, I've been asking the universe for so long for this time. And look, it gave me this time. So now I'm going to utilize it in a way that's going to be valuable for my future. Um, it's almost like with uh, Trump saying, you know, make America a great again. Take it back to, you know, when? When was America so great? It's like before quarantine, <clears throat> we were doing what we were doing, but this has now provided us the opportunity to, you know, excel. It gave us all that breath. It not only gave us all that breath, it actually gave Earth mother earth that breath to go ahead and do a little um recuperation as well and so i just definitely agree it's time for um it's 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 should have been more of a hopefully of a cocoon stage where you allowed yourself to develop in some way somehow some shape some form even if it's just mentally or spiritually in order to come out better on the other side of this thing and you know what man a lot of people, they call me a conspiracy theorist. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just a theorist, period. Um, and one of the things that I think has happened is that I think the people in control and power realize the opportunity that we were taking advantage of. Yeah, all of a sudden, the normal. all of a sudden, I think there was a lot more human connection and we were getting that opportunity once again, to connect to each other and start to reflect on all the stuff that's been going on up to this point. Um, I'll tell you, this is an example. Music. Music has made a return like nobody's business. And when I say music, I mean not, you know, today's stuff, and I'm not hating on all of today's stuff. Some of it's, you know, good. But I mean, like, real strong, powerful, like uniting type music that everybody can vibe to. Like if you think about all these folks from D-Nice to Jazzy Jeff to, to even international DJs that are playing music every night. And I think people realize, wait a minute, there's way too many people getting together in this virtual space. And they realize that that, that movement trans, transitions spaces right so when we come out of this what's going to happen right. so if you look at what happened with that all of a sudden now they cracking down real hard right so like even fresh like fresh how many how many times you getting shut down on ig and facebook well right? <clears throat> that's one of the main reasons i switched from ig is they're a little bit more stringent but even speaking to that just like you were saying it's um I feel like initially when this started, the 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 powers that be were hoping we were going to get enthralled. And, you know, we did. We got into Netflix and, and started digesting all this TV and everything like that. But then real quick that 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 got that got boring, right? And so then all of a sudden we started matriculating to each other. And just like Carol's saying, they started to see that power really going from the corporations to now the people are starting to have a voice and now they're communicating and they're, Oh, wait a minute. We got to open things back up. We got to get, get them out of this situation. Cause that's, that's the true ingredients for an uprising. 
Let's yeah. look at some of the numbers really. So on any one of those given versus battles, minimum I've seen is like 300,000 people. Yep. Like minimum I've seen. And I think that was one of the weeks that I don't think it was advertised that much really, right? The most I seen was Erica and Jill did, it was 750, close to 800,000 people. Right. Now, think about it. Let's just say if a quarter of those folks were in, in the United States, just a quarter, right? If you, and you talk about the powers that be, if any political message, any any revolution message, whatever whatever is gonna be, gets dropped on that platform, and a quarter of seven hundred fifty thousand, a quarter of eight hundred thousand people hear that message, that's either the one country or in support of somebody else that's listening from another country, right? What we got to do? That that right there, like you said, is the start of something powerful. You have the ears of everybody united under music, united for a cause, and now they're going to be united to bend with each and it's other. More, it's more than the 750 because that's only captured at one moment. At one like moment. when you talk, they were talking, uh, I'm, I think he said close to um, like 500 million when it came to the people bouncing in and out of the you know what i mean that actually did come in and out of rooms when they're when they're doing them and so it's it's very powerful but i give a lot of kudos to swiss and timbo because they've been approached by every corporation possible wanting to put their hands and paws into it and they've kept it in the culture and right. and making it something that is still for the people by the artist as opposed to allowing the uh the, right. the the vultures to get their hands on it. So I didn't want to go too far down that road, right? But I do want to use the last one as an example, right? So Beanie Man versus Bounty Killer. Don't even talk about Jagged Edge and 112. Yeah. That was garbage. But why can't we talk about JE and 112, man? Well, because JE didn't even talk about justice. themselves with their bad sound quality. Um, but what I will say is this, and I want you know me, I always watch things with the intent of a lesson. And you got 500 something, well, almost 500,000 people at that point. He rounded up, mm -hmm. are watching this, and the police come in, right? And, and you got to see the exact representation of how we respond to authority. Right. Speak Bounty on, Killer was about to cut and run. He did. <laughs> He's got it. And Beanie Man said, hold on, wait a minute. Good evening, Mr. Officer. And I guess the officer said, hey, we got to shut this down. And he said, well, I'm, I'm here with 500,000 people right now. Do you want to be that guy? Do you really want to be that guy? And to me, that was the representation of what we are lacking, not just as African-Americans, but just as a black diaspora, period. Because we don't have that type of solidarity. Imagine if somebody knew, right? If I wrong this person, there's going to be 500,000 of them that are going to want to come at me. Right. Right. I don't care what race you are, what color, that's going to make you pause and be like, you know what? Mm -mm. They got the ability to, to organize like that. I don't mm -hmm. want any parts of that. And I think that's the type of stuff that we need to be thinking about when we vote for our political leaders or we put people in power. Right. Do they respect that ability for us to organize? 
And before we even get to that, do we respect ourselves enough to organize? Because thank you. Coming out of that same situation, right, was a local, well, not local. He's he's world. He's known worldwide to a degree. But there's another DJ that was mad. He's a, he's a Jamaican DJ. Was mad that Bounty Killer and Beanie Man decided to do this and that he was doing it with Swiss Beats and Timbaland. He was mad that they wanted to do it with a foreigner and that they weren't just doing. And even though he kept saying Swiss Beats, saying that he's doing it for the culture, and he's like, well, what culture? Well, it's black culture, not Jamaican culture. But I think that same thought process happens in our own communities, happens right here in the United States amongst us. Um, And that is the problem. And that's why it's okay to kill one of us, to disrespect one of us, to treat us unfairly. It's okay um, to try and make America great again because they don't care about us. We're not respected. It's that that when you visually see the crab in a barrel mentality, you know, executed all the time, that's what they look at and, and judge us by instead of just like you said, and even in the battle, you know, Bounty and Beanie are talking about, you know, hey, we were on stage, but we par in real life. And that's exactly the way it should be. What, why is there any need to bring anything negative, especially um, in, out in public when it, in regards to, you know, something that should have just been a celebration, period. I just listened to an interview uh, J. Cole did when I believe it was the last album actually part of the, the album before last with um, False Prophets on it. But he was doing the interview with Angie Martinez and he was very, um, he didn't want to say anything bad about Kanye and pretty much got to the point where he was like, you know, I don't like talking bad about us in public arenas. I'll talk to you in private about it and, and give you how I feel, but I don't like, you know, putting out there in public, you know, that negative energy. And we as a people need to get better on that um, that feeling when it comes to each other and stop getting in these these motions of feeling like that where it's, oh, well, you should have done it on a Jamaican platform. What does it matter? Do you realize how many non-Jamaicans um, and, and especially non-Jamaicans who have never even experienced or understand what a real, you know, Jamaican clash is, what a real battle is, have never really seen it? how how you know turned out they were from seeing and experiencing that especially the way that that platform is and how everybody was already used to a certain standard and had a certain level of what they thought was already cool and when when that happened when beanie and bounty came like that just totally changed the whole playing field everything of the way these versus battles were going because it was it was just a shock but it was a it was a it was a show but it was putting on for the world exactly what Jamaican people had been doing and, and actually who created hip hop. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's just, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. There's a few things with that one. First, uh, I don't know. I fall on the other side of that whole public, not public, uh, you know, um, repr- reprimanding, I guess, a whole account- accountability piece because I feel like, um, in this instance, one, I do want to know who the DJ was. Um, and I'm very interested in the response that this DJ has had because that's the cancer seed. That separatist 
ideology, you know what I'm saying? I, I get the Jamaican pride. I absolutely get it. Just like I get any Haitian pride or any of anybody's pride in their country. Have to have it. I understand it completely. However, when you understand the vibration that we all kind of walk on or just us as melanated people and the struggles that we've had, yes, you know, our struggle in America may not, not look like your struggle in Jamaica or whatever the case may be, but the brotherhood, you know, that, that level of understanding has to start to span across ethnicities. Um, it has to, even when we talk about Africans versus African-Americans. So I think that DJ, you know, Beanie Man and Bounty Killer should absolutely have something to say about this guy because I'm not the most knowledgeable of the few between them and how long and how bad it was. But if they can come together to bury the hatchet for the betterment of the culture. And we ain't just talking, like we're talking about culture on a global sense, you know what I'm saying? How does, how do you feel comfortable enough to insert that type of negative energy into this whole, this, this space that's just wholesome? So, I, you know, I tell you what, like I said, I, you know, we could talk about this, this internal stuff another time. That's not, that's fair. You know what I mean? That's not, it's that's not, not what it's about today. Right. Right. right? We, we need, we need to take like some real big leaps here. Um, just in the last 48, 72 hours, um, we got incidents all over the country. Um, at least two deaths, um, some police brutality in Chicago in in Maryland in in different, um, events going on. <clears throat> all on the cusp of an election, right? And I think, Brett, one of the things that you want to talk about was um, Joe Biden and his comments. Um, one was to, to, what's my guy's name? I think I just said his name not too long ago. CT the God. Charlemagne? Yeah, one was to Charlemagne, where he said, if you, if you vote for Trump, then you ain't black. Um, and then the other one was, you know, I guess he's going to look for potentially a, a, a black running mate. So maybe I haven't heard him go as far as say he's looking for a black running mate, but maybe that came up in that, uh, that interview. Um, what, what he said was... He's um, considering it or something like that. Well, what he said was there are definitely several black female candidates in the running. That's what he said. He didn't say that he was going to have one for sure, but he said there are definitely several right. qualified um, African-American females in the in the pool yeah. right but, but, but where i want to go is when charlamagne said look it's not about voting for trump but i want to vote for somebody that definitely has a, a black interest a black agenda a true black interest you know what i'm saying right. a genuine black interest not somebody who makes an a seemingly self-entitled statement because you feel like you're you know you've done something because black people brought you out of south, south carolina basically right. and pushed you to the forefront so now you feel like oh i got him well no you you absolutely have to understand and we have to understand that yes we want to see you because you may be the better option but please understand that we hold the power and we want to see that you actually do something with it or your presidency when you get there i think um you know two things you talked about Carol was respect for ourselves and then garnering respect from other individuals. I think that we have to 
honestly respect ourselves enough to know what we're worth, what we're going after, and to know the value of that and how to go after it. Now, there's several things that I think flow into this, and we'll try to get some guests on to, you know, go into much more detail and much more uh, specific detail. But the, the education efforts and understanding what's all swirling around the election, getting people to understand what goes into the vote, the legislation that comes to pass, like this mm-hmm. Lift Every Voice Act. I can tell you when I first heard the name of the act, it sounds so cliche and gimmicky that there may be some good stuff in there, but I'm already questioning your motives because you're just trying to find a way that somebody can latch on to it. And I think that um, vigilance, so to speak, you know, or that, you know, it's kind of like a, a helpful side eye. Like I'm, I'm holding, like, I want to see what you really, what your true intentions, you know, are with this. And I think it's very important. And that's one of the things Charlemagne was so uh, adamant about. Did anybody get the opportunity to read the manifesto um, <laughs> that Joe Biden has produced? Cause that's what he said. There's, there's something besides the um, lift every voice act uh that he has created a a it it just sounds so crazy to me a black manifesto i just <laughs> i didn't know there was a manifesto and i haven't all the way broken down this lift i haven't even read through the lift there was i have it up on my computer screen and had every intention on getting to it before the podcast but life happens but i'm still gonna get to it yeah biden said that he has a black manifesto outside of that that he has um created that directly speaks to how he wants to impact the black community. And that may be all well and fine. I just challenge people to actually go in and like look at this stuff and read it and understand what it is and kind of have, even if you don't necessarily understand it yourself, get somebody who can get past the fluff because we're still dealing with a politician here. And I don't know that our civic organizations on a local level are really doing enough to educate people on what it is they are actually voting for and what it means to vote outside of just the presidency. Because I don't think the presidential candidate is as important as all of the other parts and pieces that are around him, especially when you talk about on your local uh, and state level. But that's the ploy of America, right? They made the the popular uh, opinion uh, to be that, you know, it, it's the, the importance lies in the president and, and, and who's running for president, who I'm gonna vote for for president and got people to kind of, you know, wash under the, the, the bleachers, the fact that, you know, those local offices and, and those committees and those things are really where the real rubber meets road and real, where there's real opportunity to impact your community. So I want to pose the question and BJ, you look like you're thinking, go ahead before I get there. So like, I'm I, you, you like, have conflicting, you have hope, but then you have like, I'm a, I'm a histo, I'm a data person, right? What do the numbers say? Mm-hmm. How have you voted? What have you done? Um, what what does history tell me your actions are gonna do? Because yes, you could change, but a creature of habit is still a creature. Um, mm-hmm. Or however the saying goes, I I might be messing up right now. Um, it sounded good, bro. <laughs> If, that, if that's not it, that's what I'm going to formulate from here on out. Exactly. We'll put it on a t-shirt <laughs> in 20, 2025. I'm going to quote like number three for a shirt. But anyway, so what, what I mean is that, so I think what we're talking about, we, we will never get from a candidate, not even a black candidate. And here's why. Because when you, you think about that commitment, 
that commitment to what is still a minority. Um, when you look at the people who actually vote, when you look at the minority of the people who actually are in position currently, that um, those other legislators are, that are, are out there, they realize that all I have to do is say something that's gonna garner the vote or garner a percentage of the vote um, to make a difference, right? Um, and the problem with that is that I don't really have to deliver on that. There's nothing holding me accountable for delivery. Oh, we tried that, but it didn't, just didn't happen. Or I, mean, I didn't do it. That, that's what Trump did to get his black votes. That, but that's what, and that's what the, 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 the old switcheroo, right? That, that's what happened. So I don't think, again, even a black candidate can't make that because then you, you kind of X out another percentage of equal probably value. Value is not the right word because it's not about value. Of equal number wise of the opposite. So if you make that commitment to blacks, you're going to lose that almost same commitment you would have got from white or another non-black community, if that makes sense. So let's just say number wise. If, I, if you're going to gain 7% of black vote because you make this promise, you're going to lose 3% of white and 4% of Hispanic overall. So when you do the numbers, they don't have to do that. They can talk a good game to do it, but there's nothing that they have to do until we get to the point where that 13% of the total population, and then when you break it down to the percent of the people that are actually able to vote, when you break it down and get every single person out of the house, that's when you're gonna do something. That's when you're gonna be able to make a difference. Again, locally, start getting the people in place and then start forcing the hands of people. They're not gonna have a choice. Like again, whoever's sitting in the White House, you gotta take care of your house. And by taking care of your house, yeah, there's some things that come down legislative we have to fight for, but there's some things that we can fight all day. And the system that's in place is never going to let it happen. And even if it did, look at, look at stuff now. There's laws that are going in place that people are changing the stand your ground laws like this. That ain't stopping them from killing nobody. That's not stopping them from, from exerting their, their beliefs and how they believe less of individuals of color. That's not going to stop. Until there's some type of major financial and um, imprisonment or lack of freedoms, they go along with it. And that's too much to offer Black America. They can't do that. You, so you, you are absolutely right. Um, and we all know it. the president works for other people. I don't care what anybody says. Um, and if you don't gain control of the House and the Senate, it's almost a, it's almost a mute point because you're always going to have people that can filibuster, shoot stuff down, whatever, unless you have a president that's going to go in there with a bunch of executive orders. And then somebody going there with a bunch of executive orders, you're not looking at a two-term president. You're looking at a one-term president if they don't find or fabricate some reason to impeach that person, right? So Allie, what we're seeing right now. So what you're saying is right. We have to have a organized agenda that is spread all across the country. That is the only way. Like we can't leave it to, oh, this president's going to come in and, and save us and make and make laws. And no, you can make all the laws you want to. If I don't find you of, you know, in violation of the law, mm -hmm. what good is the law? Right. So I don't know what it takes. I have no idea what it takes. And this is this is 
people have probably asked this question for almost two centuries now. What will it take for us to agree on an agenda and we vote local level, city, state, federal level on things that support that agenda? Along with that, again, we have to get us together and on the same agenda, but there's too many other folks out there as bystanders that aren't willing to pick a side. And at the end of the day, yeah, it matters, in my opinion, it matters what side you pick, but to be a bystander is probably the worst thing you could do in a situation like this. It doesn't affect me directly. I'm not gonna say nothing. It doesn't affect me directly. I'm not gonna, um, my, that part about voting doesn't, doesn't really do that. So your, whether it's class, whether it's race, whether it's religion, whatever the case may be, because you feel separated from the cause or from the, the need, your lack of, of input, your lack of showing concern or what you truly believe to the world is where we're gonna get. Because again, if you look at sheer numbers, population-wise, number-wise, again, if, if the numbers show out in a black community, the numbers can counteract in a white community, the Hispanic community. It's a numbers game. But until all the people at one place step up, and, and I'm saying this, I had this conversation from a, a Christian point of view with the guy who goes to my church the other, about two weeks ago, that if Christians don't start stepping up and, and so-called want to quit calling each other out for things like that, but don't hold people accountable for the opposite of things they're doing, racism is one of them, right? You want to bring in um, every, every, every um, election, people talk about the Democrats and abortion. They talk about this, the Republicans and this and that. And these are conversations they go on for years that are never going to stop. But if that's your viewpoint and you're holding a sin or a perceived sin as a, as a voting point, then you need to cross out every single thing that's out there because everybody has a, a, a platform that's against one of those books, one of those things written in the Bible. So stop using the Bible as one of those standing points. Stop being lukewarm, they say, because lukewarm you spewed out the mouth. Mm. You about to talk about a book in the Bible and you said Luke and then you went warm. Oh. But, you know, man, it's funny. So you, you, didn't, you didn't say it, but you said it. Infrastructure is part of the problem because the infrastructure is set up in a way to monitor and address any attempt at organization. Right. So let's even talk about um, Instagram. So when you just saw me shaking my head is because I just saw that at headline world has been put in Instagram jail. Can't really? post for three days. Right. Because all day he's been posting stuff yeah. <clears throat> about the things that have happened um, to black people right. over the last few days. And then he started posting historical stuff that's happened to black people. And now he's in he's in Instagram jail. Right. So once again, here's somebody that's trying to make sure that people are are woken up and that they realize that, hey, we, we have to do something about this. OK, you're in jail. Let me give you all another example. So my cousin's husband, his name is Marlon Hill. He's running for um, commissioner in District 9 down there in Miami. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is like Redlands. I think the Keys, I don't know how far up north it goes. Richmond Heights, um, I don't know how, how far it goes. 
So yesterday they were having a like a pre-birthday slash, you know, awareness of his campaign thing. And we're on Zoom. And all of a sudden, like there's so many people in the room. There's like three screens of people. All of a sudden, these videos start to pop up of the Klan and Klan activity and people with guns and all types of stuff. And then next thing you know, somebody's just on the mic talking about, um, yeah, you nigger, blah, 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 all this stuff. And man, people got their kids on here, all types of stuff. And they're just going off all this profanity. What are you going to do when I put this in your mouth? Blah, 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 blah. All this stuff going on. They have no idea who this person is. This person just pops in and starts spewing this stuff and posting and putting these videos on the screen. So they had to shut it down. But yet another example of the infrastructure is watching. Right. And they know that they cannot allow anything to pop up. And that's why you talk about, please blooper reel that. Um, (laughs) That's why, that's why they say, there are people on the sideline because people don't want to get involved. People feel like, oh, I got too much to lose, but how much do we have to gain? That's always the big question, right? So y'all gave me a whole lot, and I had a lot to say, but I was trying to make sure that y'all got all, all of your points across. Um, y'all remember Doug Jones from Alabama? The Alabama senator race probably two years ago? Yeah. Y'all remember what happened, how he took that Senate race uh, due to the the black vote. Most will say the black woman's vote, but the black vote in general. Uh, More recently, there has been polling and conversations and statistics thrown about how manipulating the black vote can actually help Donald Trump win. Uh, If he garnered, I believe it was, say, an extra 2% or something of that nature. There's some statistic that shows how that 2% increase or maybe decrease from his Democratic Party uh, rival would help him win uh, the presidential uh, candidacy. So my question to you, BJ, is with the mind state, and I'm sorry if it's passed because you said a whole lot, but with the mind state of not being able to form an impact, um how do you like do you not vote because i think that one enough we see these things that are impacting our communities happening every single day and that is the driving force behind stuff like the change in the tide of the senate and the house with the most recent election where you have more minorities more women starting to kind of flood into the the congressional um congressional seats you see some changes along the local uh, politicians like in Ferguson, where um, uh, there was a changing of the tide there, even in Atlanta where the mayor now is being held accountable to some of the uh, police brutality issues that are going on within that city, as well as her support for Biden and what that really means. So if you're gonna support this man, well, we're gonna hold your feet to the fire to make sure that he's actually putting things into his agenda. Um, that matter for black people. So I can't, I don't think that the change that we're talking about right now 
is going to come right now. These are things that are kind of like five and 10 years. They're years down the line. It'll be a generation before we see it. I mean, we're talking about the same issues that we had happen. We're dealing with the same issues that we were dealing with in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, just on a different scale. But we've seen progress, be it slow as it is. I think you can't discount a lot of that stuff. And when we talk about what it takes, uh, it takes unfortunately for us to be stung by the bee before we understand what happens. Um, but it'll also take us continuing to educate ourselves, our civic organizations to push information out and for us to actually do our due diligence. We have a supreme roadmap to what it would take to build the communities that we talk about. And that is in that book written by Dr. Martin Luther King, Chaos of Community. It's a, a playbook strategically outlining the steps and everything it'll take from your nonviolent standpoint to how you get involved uh, or actively involved politically um, that'll spill over into the educational system and the economic system. But until we know these things, we can't necessarily act in that manner. But I feel like there's also an awakening happening amongst us. And you can see it. I mean, if you're looking for it, if you're looking at it, I mean, not to say that bad things don't happen and we don't have stragglers or people that stand on the sidelines, but the change is happening. Like we're sitting in the midst of it. So I can't really subscribe to the, and if I'm misunderstanding, but the, the naysayer or the negative outlook on these things, because I think there is change happening. We just have to continue to press forward and hold people's feet to the fire. There's a lot to respond to that. I'm going to try to be succinct, right? So the, the first thing is that, yes, you do have to vote. You, again, we have to start somewhere, right? Um, and by not voting, again, you're giving up the opportunity to complain, to, to, to fight against something that's in place when you didn't even do your due diligence into bringing change. Uh, the comment itself was really to go along. Yes, we have to organize and, and get an agenda, mm -hmm. but that agenda has to be, I can't even say 100% supported. I, what, what I personally feel needs to happen is that there are too many people sitting on the sidelines that don't have, they'll have anything to lose in the process. I think that's what the words Carol said. Um, they don't have anything to lose, so I'm just going to sit back and see how things play out. If the people who believe in the 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 mission is out there, right? Call it the call it the black agenda. Call it just bringing equality across the board. Whatever you want to call it, because you, you can bring in um, international. I, I can't think. What am I like? My brain is gone tonight. Um, Take your time. We here. We got all night. Immigration. Sorry, immigration law and the Hispanic community. Right? You got civil rights overall for, for the black community. I say civil rights, that spans a lot of things from education, political, financial, social, all the, all the different aspects of it. There's too many people right there that have just fallen by the sidelines and are the, the, the bystanders that if everybody understood that, again, it goes back to the, the saying, um, injustice for one leads to inequality for all. And again, I'm butchering that one again. My brain is off tonight, y'all. I'm sorry. But, but no, you're right. I mean, and then... So, and, so it, it takes us forming together, right? So we have to right. understand self first. And that's going to be us, again, voting, getting a thing in place. But at the same time, when, these, when it's time to put laws in place or pass laws, I need other people to stand up and take a side. 
at that point in time. I'm sorry. It's too much of this sideline watching to see it. Well, and then, so here goes, and I don't know, I'm going to make an assumption that somewhere in your life you have somebody like, yeah, I understand. I, I try to understand what you're going through, but I, I don't really say anything because I don't want to get involved. I don't want to be like everybody needs to get involved. If my life depends on it and you can't say a word and speak up for me, but you say you support me and everything and you understand, you tr you're trying to understand what I'm going through, then I have a problem. It's the bystanders in the world that are letting things happen because you have a voice, you're just choosing not to use it at this time. And that's, that's every community right there. That's not, that's race, that's socioeconomic from upper to lower class. That's across um, education barriers. That's from anything, anything you can think of. Do you think that there are more people that stand on the side of injustice than there are that stand on the side of justice? I think there's, I'm answering in a roundabout way. I think there's too many people who haven't picked a side. Okay. And those that people that picked a side will make a difference. At the end of the day, a side is going to win, right? Whether you're for it or against it, there's too many people who haven't picked a side or won't pick a side for fear of their, their comfort, their comfort level, their ability to just maintain or make it in the world. And because of their lack of picking a side, the side of injustice is, is, is more dominant at this point in time. So I believe without, without that step up, but that, that taken aside, that injustice will, will, will take over. I think for our people specifically, I think there's so much trauma that in the immediate, in the immediate moment of injustice, we freeze. And we don't realize until it's over that that was a situation in which I should have acted. Capitalize on it. That should have made a move. We realize after the fact, after the shock has worn off. And I don't know how that shock happens. Well, that's a lot because I've been there for it, right? <laughs> We've all been in a situation. Um, which, that's funny because a good number of us here were um, part of the brawl at the Rat, where they called in the South Miami police, Coral Gables police, Border Patrol, all these people. Oh, man, yeah, it was bad. The fire <laughs> department. Um, Is that where Weezy they, came out? Is that that fight? Which one? Is that where Weezy got his name? Yes. <laughs> uh, is that the one? The I think so. Um, but uh, yeah, shout out to Santana Moss who was about to go to jail. But um, that night, I don't know what happened, but there were enough of us there that we stood that it didn't get and become a worse situation. But I think there's not always that presence of mind when these things happen. Mm -hmm. And look, I'm not just talking about police situations, but even like we're just so... I don't know. I think there's a greater amount of us, Brett, that just feel like it's not, it's not going to change. It's never going to change. So why should I do something? Yeah. I think yeah. It, there's that mentality of it's too far out, but it's also just like BJ is pointing out the far too many people are willing to allow injustice that they 
um, see and sometimes experience go by if it's not happening directly to them, if it doesn't have an impact on them. Like they will watch um, even things like watching some guy hit a girl in public, you know what I mean? And, and, and not take no action. There are too many times that, that people allow too many injustices to go on without an Part of it, I, I guess, is the uh, I'm not a vigilante, so what exactly can I do? But I mean, um, the no quote unquote snitching mentality and the, the getting help to um, alleviate an elevated situation is not always the first thing that people go to do, and it should be. I think that it's just we don't have a community mentality, period. We have a, a a house mentality. I can I can see that, and I can definitely see the the, the fatigue. You know, what I'm saying argument. You know, it's not. There's no real results. I think we gotta. We definitely need a win, um, and to the point of the agenda as a whole. Um, I think it does need to be expertly crafted. I think we have enough to put in it, and I think there are, are voices out there that can sum, summarize or put it into words exactly what we're looking at, um, and we know where it starts. Um, and I think that because we have a Biden instead of a Kamala Harris, or what's your boy from New Jersey, a Cory Booker, you know, the conversation doesn't start with writing the overarching wrong and, you know, start with figuring out how a reparations package, you know, can fix some of this systemic stuff. Uh, but once I get into this lift every voice thing and more of us get into that since Biden is Biden or nothing at this point, that's where the, the push becomes, you know, that's where it's, you know, the, the work becomes getting to the CDC and these other civic organizations or groups that are, supporting him and putting their money behind him and backing him or whatever on our behalf to make sure that what he says or what's in this is actually going to be impactful. Um, and the work just got to continue to be done. It's on us, the hopeful, to, uh, you know, put it in, put in enough work and overtime for those who feel hopeless uh, until we get the win that kind of pulls them about of that situation. Has to be viral, but they, there, there has to be, um, there has to be progress. There has to be strides made. There has to be visible, um, impactful strides made that people can, you know, quantify. I think that's one of the biggest things is the feeling of not being able to quantify um, actual measures of success or, or, or us getting down this line. You know what I mean? It's so hard to measure. Is just legislation really going to be that impactful that it really makes the change that's needed. I don't think that just legislation is going to be what, you know, stops the systemic racism that's inbred in this country. And so there's many layers and pieces that need to go on. And it's, it's, how does that unfold? One of those layers is accountability. So if somebody is put in that position and they aren't, and they don't hold true to that, then what is the repercussions of it? Are there any yes, repercussions ex except for waiting another four years? And rallying the vote, rallying the, to vote again, and then waiting another four years to see if that's going to come. Right. At the at the at the presidential level, again, less time when you're looking at the local level, um, especially when you're talking about 
um, police. In Broward County right now, there's a huge thing going on with this, uh, the new sheriff. Yes. And again, like there's some stuff going around like verbally, um, not all in print right now. It's like, okay, we need to figure out what's going on with everything here. And there's a lot of story, backstory behind it. I'm not going to get here now, but him, you got look, sheriffs, you got judges. Um, I think Miami Day right now, um, I want to say four, but I believe five um, black female judges were put in the circuit court judges of the last election and things are slowly happening in Miami. Like if you look at the statistics, if you look at the outcomes since then, there's a lot of change going on. And again, oh. you don't hear about it every day, mm -hmm. but you definitely see, and you listen to Headline of World and, and Shane is, Shane is one, Mr. Deke, sorry is the one who always is the one promoting that. So that's where I get a lot of my links that I go for and dig deeper because when I see him post it, then I go back and like, okay, cause I don't, I don't get everything out of Miami anymore. Um, I, I, I don't know what happens. Like I just stopped hearing about stuff. He, he posts stuff. I'm like, where'd you see that at? And I go dig a little deeper and I find it more. And he's, he's one that when you talk about political, you talk about the judges, you talk about the things when the time to vote. I mean, when, when it came down to it, even the mayoral races in Miami, like he he is the voice of that area down there, and I always I respect to him. Like when I look at his stuff, I'm not saying I 100% agree with everything, but he gets information out there and let causes you to think and question um, what's going on and dig deeper for yourself. Yeah, shout out to Musa Deek Muhammad, Wing King Musa Deek. Shout out to uh, Mike Gardner, Headliner World. We yep. if we post bail for you, we will. Shout out to Tanya yeah. too. Tanya Dutch. I just, I, I, it's still hard for me. Every, all the years we knew, <laughs> and also, it was, I don't say the name that much, so I gotta keep saying it out loud. Yeah, I know it's, it's difficult. Yeah. Easy, man. So before we wrap this thing and come to Fresh for the Fresh Ovation and Carol to put a bow on this thing, I wanna remind everybody you can get this podcast on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Vimeo, YouTube. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Wherever you listen to your podcast at, man, each and, every week, each and every week, follow us on IG at 13th Floor, please, and on Facebook, man. Get connected with us. Let us know what you think. Leave it in the comments. And, uh, yeah, stay up with us. Be free. What's the fresh ovation for the week, sir? Um, This week, you know, as doors are reopening and we are getting back uh, – slightly acclimated to you know enjoying each other's presence in the outdoors i just want everyone to go ahead and take this time and allow themselves to reflect on what has happened these last couple months um as we've been trying to continually encourage you to have you know this slight metamorphosis over this time uh even if you have not gone to what you believe your full potential is we i hope that you have at least given yourself the opportunity to see what accomplishments you have done over this time and you know give yourself a pat on the back but use that as momentum for the future now that we're getting back into what people have said is you know the normal the new normal don't allow uh, yourself to get into the old habits that mm -hmm. did not allow you to propel yourself to where you want to go. So that's it, man. 
Keep it light. Keep it tight. Get yourself a workout in about three times a week. But, you know, let this be the now. Let this be the go forward and let this be the future because you know what it is. It's fresh evasion. We out, chill. You heard me talk about working out. You was talking about working out. You worked out yesterday. You want to tell them what you did? No. <laughs> Not on the spot. He's like, are you crazy? Like, you ain't you gonna tell him how you beat me in the plank? Oh man! All right. <laughs> well, young superstar over here hold the plank for eighty-one seconds, so I gotta go out here and hold it for eighty-two just to you know show him what time it is. Don't don't get beat again, Dad. You, you feel me? I told him we are gonna have to go head to head. You know what I'm saying? Let's see. Look in my eyes and beat me. I know that's right. <laughs> Nothing. Challenge. <laughs> Coach K, what you got for the people, man? Man, don't be mad at me. I don't have a bow this week. And it's really just because, man, if you take the average age of the guys on this podcast, it's 40 years old. You can go ask a 20-year-old, how do we solve these problems in front of us? They don't know. You can go ask a 60-year-old, how do we solve these problems in, in front of us? They don't know. How crazy is that? That you can go 20 years either way and not get an answer. That's just not, that's not natural. That's not logical. That's a generational curse right there. And really what it says, I remember when, when I used to work out regularly and I had a little bit of, you know, size to me. And people said, oh, man, what you training for? What, what you, hey, man, there's a war going on outside. And people used to laugh at me. Was, this dude's crazy. But there literally is a war going on. And it has been declared <clears throat> on us. And at this point, you now have to strategize. You need to look. If you never read The Art of War, go read it. You, you, you have to equip yourself not just physically, but also mentally. And that's the challenge now because everything we just talked about was how to do things the right way. Well, we've been trying to do things the right way for so long and haven't got any answers, right? So I'm not necessarily saying, Brett, I see, I see, I see the concern on your face. You're like, what's he about to say next? but I think we have to start thinking a little bit more unconventional because when we think in a conventional way, they have conventional counters. So there's things outside of the box that we have to start preparing ourselves to do because if we just continue down this road, we're going to be 20 years from now and we'll be the 60 year olds with no answers. There'll be 40 year olds with no answers. And there'll be new 20-year-olds with no answers. Our sons will be the 20-year-olds. That's the scary part. Right. You see what I'm saying? So we got to stop it at some point. We don't, we don't have the advantage of time because time just keeps on going and we get no answers. So you need to look at yourself individually. You need to look at just the people around you and figure out what steps will you take together who will you try to coordinate? Who will you try to organize? And maybe you will be the start of the grassroots effort, of the unconventional effort that's going to get us the results that we're looking for. 
There it is, ladies and gentlemen. We're down here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. They are amazing. Hey, 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 hey.